Welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and joining me tonight, I have a good friend of mine uh, who I've known for like four years or so. I don't know. Uh, we met while we were working at Metro Market uh, once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fuck, fuck that Metro Market. But um, she's a wonderful human being. She's a ray of sunshine. And we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, our lives, our trials, our tribulations, and where we're at. So, Perry Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yay! I'm so honored. <laughs> um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm actually doing pretty well, which is great. <laughs> Good. No, it's yes. great to hear. Uh, what do you do today? Well, I'm coming in live from my mom's basement. I just moved here. <laughs> so. oh, yeah. Yeah, I really, um, I didn't do much today. Uh, set up some stuff with like, we got some new, like, I don't even know, stuff to put all of my college crap that I brought back home with me, some storage bins and made some nice dinner with my mom. Fabulous. We just had a nice little day. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. What was for dinner? What was for dinner? I made some pasta, some grilled asparagus, you know, all that good stuff. All that good vegetarian yeah. food over here. Oh, that shit, that's fire. Mm -hmm. I've been cooking a lot of vegetables lately. Yeah. Um, my my girlfriend is really into um, a lot of, like, she cooks a lot of vegetables. So I started, like, like cooking with broccoli right. and Brussels sprouts yeah. and cauliflower and, uh, yeah, and green beans, like, all this shit. And, like now I have a casserole dish that was never oh a thing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. Good yeah. Like, up. <laughs> I know. I used to just stick to my three things. I always stuck to just onions, mushrooms, and potatoes. Mm -hmm. But now I'm branching out. But no, vegetables go hard. They're like the mo like arguably like the most important part about your your main course meal. Absolutely, vegetables are slept on. Definitely slept on. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah. Um, like the produce section is like where you end up spending mo most of your time. So in. much, so much time, so much money. Like it's just constantly replenishing because it just goes, you got to go through it quick. Otherwise it goes bad and no one yeah. wants to waste food. We don't like food waste. <laughs> oh yeah. That actually happened to me like a month ago. Um, I had to go home. Like I just gotten, I just gotten a bunch of uh, vegetables and then later that day, I found out I had to go back to Illinois to help my parents move in like a couple days. And I was going to be gone for a week. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, dude, I can't eat all these fucking vegetables I right. just bought. <laughs> so uh, like, I ate what I could in the next couple of days. But then like, I left and then came home and my green beans went bad. My strawberries went bad. Yep. My... Spinach went bad. Yeah, it's sad when the veggies turn into like soup, and it's just like ah. It is heartbreaking. It is and smelly. <laughs> yeah, and smelly. Um, yeah, I. But nice. It sounds like you had some good, some mom daughter shit. Yeah, yeah, but it's just the two of us here with the six pets that are living here as well. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> oh. You, you you got a whole ass enclosure going on, huh? We literally have a petting zoo. We should start charging a fee. Yeah. Can, I, <laughs> can I come? Can I can I pet the animal? Of course, you can come hang out. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So uh, full so full disclosure, I, I just had an episode 
before this with my friend Eliza. Um, so I poured me another one of these. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. this is um, really fucking good at yeah, Cheers. Cheers, virtual um, Cheers. Yeah, tequila and pineapple juice, highly recommend. Yeah, that's a, that's a dangerous combo right there. It's almost too good. Well, I, um, I was always like such a beer guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like, I mean, since I've been getting, on, I've had unemployment, so like I've had more money to spend. I yep. bought a nice bottle of tequila today and uh, put in to use. Cazadores. Yes. Reposado, Añejo, or uh, Blanco? What kind is it? Uh, it's a silver one. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Silver is always the better one. Um, like when we get the introduction, yeah, introduction to tequila, it's usually Cuervo and uh, that oh, shit, <laughs> yeah, that shit makes you recoil. Like that's not the tequila people should be getting started on, but it's just the cheapest. Yeah. I, I can't like, obviously I can't remember those nights, but I remember, I remember buying it. And then I remember the next day and it's just like, now tequila <laughs> isn't my drink of choice anymore. <laughs> yeah. I used to hate it so much, but I feel like now it's the liquor of choice. Like I, I hate, I still hate vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like gin. I'm okay with, I guess rum. I'm okay with whiskey. I'm okay with, but I like tequila. I, I think tequila is like, it actually usually like it's, got an easier aftertaste than most mm-hmm. liquors do. Yeah, it does it does go smooth. I've turned into a whiskey girl now. I don't know. I think it's because when I worked at Stubby's, we um our house shot is like a Fernet shot. I don't know if you've ever taken Fernet. It's um it's like a it's a cordial that like it's like it's a digestive. So it's kind of oh. it's not very good. It's very medicinal, but we also do a lot of whiskey. So got, so I if whiskey. I got an upset stomach, I take Fernet. Exactly. Yes. It would settle it, but it also gets you drunk. <laughs> Very nice. Um, I actually live right by Stubby's now. Nice. Oh, I miss it. I miss yeah. it so much. I'm right by, um, right off of North Ave, like mm-hmm. by Closet Classics. You know, yeah. Oh, you are right, right by Stubby's. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, so I actually go on a walk, like I go on a walk usually, like usually I go in like a circle, like down I'll start you okay. I start Reservoir Park, go mm-hmm. down to Cottage, cross the street, walk through Stubbies, walk by the river, and then come back around Pick and Save. Yeah, that's such a nice little loop over there. Yeah. It's and I didn't even know like that river walk, like that path behind it was even there. It's so it's so quiet and hidden and it's it really takes you far. Like you can go for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. You like you cross that river. Like you're all of a sudden in like this riverside forested journey. Yeah. Uh, and then you you next time you get off of it, you're like, oh shit, that's Riverside High School. Like, mm-hmm. damn, I'm in a totally different area. But yeah, it you know, really just takes you. Like it's like an underground little path to all of Milwaukee, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. of the east side over there. Yeah, absolutely. But I am right over by uh, stubbies um what else uh the wonderful beer line cafe mm-hmm. also real close I love beer line some so of the best, like 
smoothies. I love their tofu scramble. I'm obsessed with their tofu scramble. It's so good. All this stuff. I love the people there. They're always so nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually eaten there in a while, but I do remember they have really good nachos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nachos, jackfruit tacos. I love their jackfruit tacos. Basically, their whole menu. I could like look at the entire menu right now. And can can we just, like get Beerline Cafe and uh, can we just can we just do our podcast at Beerline? Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> set it up outside. Uh, For real. Yeah. So, um, so you're back home now. Um, mm-hmm. Where Where is home for you? Home for me is the south side of Milwaukee. So I'm not very far. Um, about 20 minutes from where I used to be. On the east side, I'm off Miller Parkway, kind of. So it's like really nice, like easily accessible freeway area, really quiet, which is nice. Like, I, I mean, my mom's lived here my whole life. So like, this is my childhood home. So it's very oh, nice to yeah. come back. It's very refreshing um, and relaxing, except I, I had a room before. Um, it's not yeah. my room anymore. So I'm in the basement. <laughs> Now it's my mom's woman's nest, as she likes to call it. Not a man cave. We have a woman's nest here. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which my cat is living in as she's trying to adjust to having like five siblings (laughs) that she didn't have before. But yeah, it's really nice. It's just like there's nature everywhere in the backyard. We saw a squirrel with her babies today. Like, I don't know. (laughs) It's crazy how a 20 minute drive through Milwaukee can really put you in such a different perspective. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm liking it so far. Good. Well, good. I, mm-hmm. I'm. Most people dread going back in with their parents, yeah. but good for you. Um, yeah, I, um, yeah, like I've been, um, I've been trying to like get out to more like restaurants, like around different parts of the city, because like when you're on the east side or in River West, like, you are kind of stuck in that bubble, but mm-hmm. I've been finding, like, some of the best food has been Southside, Bayview, Walker's yeah. Point, like, I'm finding, I'm crossing off a lot of spots on the list right now. Definitely, definitely best Mexican food ever, ever is on the South Side. like, I'm so happy to be back for that, and it's, like, in itself, is just, like, I live around the corner from an El Rey right now, so it's oh, just, tight. like, so amazing that I'm, like, surrounded by like some really decent authentic food um definitely trying to support those restaurants as best i can ordering takeout and everything because i want to keep them open i want them to to survive throughout this horrible pandemic that's going on right now yeah no for real um have you ever been to el senoral yes that's like one of my favorites i love it i saw that you went there i saw it on like instagram or facebook or something and i was like Yes, that's like the best Mexican food. Yeah, so much. That was, um, yeah, we went there. My uh, my girlfriend's. It's like her favorite mm-hmm. uh, Mexican spot in the city. But yeah, um, yeah, I. It's it's been sort of like I mean it's been challenging because you also want to be safe and responsible mm-hmm. like right. through the pandemic and like so, it's obviously not super wise to be eating out. And if you do choose to, like, mm-hmm. should only be eating, like, outside. Yeah. Uh, but, but luckily, like, a lot of places have been doing the takeout, the carryout. Yeah. And that has been, it's, you know, it may not be the full, like, dining experience of, like, being there, being mm-hmm. able to, like, get a feel for the atmosphere and the, the environment of the place. But, like, 
you know, at the end of the day, like you're there because you want food and that's the most right. important part. So like right. in that sense, um, yeah, we've been, we've been just trying to support like a lot of the, the famed mm-hmm. eateries in town. And I found some really good ones. Um, like, uh, you ever been to ceviche? Yes. It's, um, ceviche is actually owned by, this is going to be one of those weird trails by, okay. The, the owner of Stubby's sister's husband. So oh, wow. it's like, we're like cousin restaurants kind of. <laughs> Man. That's funny. Yeah. Odd duck recently, small place. I've been meaning to get to odd duck for like years now. Like I need that to happen. (laughs) It's so good. And they're very progressive. They're very progressive business. I've seen all of the stuff that they've been posting and I'm like, yes, this is, this is a restaurant that needs to stay like with business out the door because I love everything that they've been posting. We tried Vanguard. Mm -hmm. Also really fucking good. Vanguard Uh, is delicious. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot i mean i kind of got to tone it down sometimes like yeah it's like i fell into that issue with also receiving my unemployment checks where i'm like ooh, like i can have a little bit of this a little bit of that and i'm like no save it like save it all please save it all yeah no for real so Mm -hmm. um yeah but you know i i think that uh the same time we got to live a little and hopefully we're fingers crossed here that there's going to be another shutdown yeah there which means like there will be more necessary relief mm-hmm. for people because obviously the first relief didn't even work universally and there's a lot of people that didn't even get their unemployment there's it, people it, that never yeah. got their stimulus check i know multiple people that haven't received their stimulus check my roommate annie just got her unemployment to go through a couple weeks ago and like she had also tried filing back when I filed, you know, in March when everyone else did, got nothing, couldn't get through to the phone lines until like a month or two ago. And it's just like, or a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's just so dated. Apparently it's like the system is just like out of date and it's like, yeah, but maybe if we were a little more prepared <laughs> for yeah. something like this that could happen, then this wouldn't be an issue. Exactly. It's, it's, yeah, something else needs to happen because it's just not going well here, especially in like certain states. And we are not one of those states. It's just like, how long did it take for you to get it? So I was one of the like few lucky people that got it right away. Um, I did my taxes early. Um, luckily, I don't know why this was like the one year I was like, I'm doing them early. Um, did my taxes early. So like, luckily I got the stimulus check pretty quickly after it was like announced that it was released. Um, and then with unemployment, I never really ran into an issue. I sat at the table with my old, my other roommates and, um, we did it at the same time. Annie tried doing it the same day. They both ran into issues and I didn't run into one. And I just started getting it, um, maybe, three, two, three weeks after I had like start my initially filed and it just has worked smoothly ever since. Like, I don't know why <laughs> it worked well for me and it didn't work well for other people, but it just, I didn't run into an issue. Yeah. I know like, nice. yeah, I know um, for some people it, they did get really lucky and got it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, but that's, I think that just speaks to volumes of like, just like how 
broken and uh, obsolete it is yeah. because there's people that still haven't gotten it. It's been there's five so months. so many people that haven't gotten it. I have a really good friend who has been now back and forth with the people on the phone and like initially like she had made her claims with someone over the phone and it went through and then she talked to someone else and they have no record of any of the claims at all. So she's just like about ready to rip her hair out because like she's being told one thing from one person at, and another thing yeah. from another person on the same phone number. So it's just like, what is going on with this? Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, like that happened to me too. Like mm -hmm. it took two and a half months for me to get it. Um, I remember like at the beginning of June, like this one lady was like, yeah, you'll get it like this weekend. Like it's, I see your claim and uh, like, we're going to have it assigned this weekend. I was like, okay, bet. This, the weekend passed, mm -hmm. it didn't come. And I was like freaking out because I had to pay bills. Yeah, I had to eat. Pay. I owed people money. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just panicking. I was freaking out. I, like you just said, I was ready to rip my hair out. Yeah. Luckily, June 17th <laughs> came and I finally got it. And um, it was like almost seven grand in, at once, mm -hmm. and, which is just like you're a kid at Christmas morning again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was just able to pay like all my bills in one day. And, right. Uh, you know, you ever seen Dumb and Dumber? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know the parts where like he's just like passing hundred dollar bills out to yep. like everybody like he walks past that was how I felt that day you know yeah, like, absolutely. I, I was and uh, um you know I, I like I I just like feels my heart breaks for everyone who hasn't gotten it yet yeah it's it's ridiculous I don't understand like how it can be how it's just like there's such like you can probably interview what 10 people and everybody else would have like a different experience with unemployment because it's just like nothing is nothing is uniform nothing is going the way that it should there isn't any clear like pathway for money and i yeah i can't believe that some people haven't gotten any money that is just terrible like i don't i don't understand like how that's like that i everybody has bills like i i just can't even wrap my head around the fact that people are still like waiting, hoping that like they're gonna even get anything. Burn it down. Yeah. Burn it down. <laughs> the ground. It's we're done. Burn it down, you know. <laughs> Throw it away. Yeah. Well, um well Perry, so um what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity as he pour up again. Mm -hmm. And um <laughs> So we first met, as you mentioned, at the dreaded Metro Market, um, which, funny enough, it's the same, the same way for thing both of us. happens to both of us. Um, <laughs> so I'm not going to, without going into too much detail, they could have talked to us before they fucking did it, you know? Yeah, I would have loved a heads up. I would have loved that. <laughs> I Same here, too. I remember that was just like... It's like you don't you. It's like an out of body experience. I remember watching it happen to you and being like, "No," and then when it happened to me, I was like, "No way! Like, no way!" Yeah, it is a legitimate out of body experience. Like, I don't. I remember it vividly, but I also don't remember it at all. 
Yeah, and it happened to a couple other of our coworkers too. Yeah, yep. I'm in. I'm maid of honor to someone that it happened to. So. Fuck. Well. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, the dress you're getting fitted for right before this. <laughs> well, she knows how much Metro Market fucking sucks too. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. That. I mean, honestly, that was like my. That was like the worst job of my life i'd say is working there like i remember i was so excited to be working there because a lot of my friends had worked there mm -hmm. and like remember that stare photo where like yeah. everyone was on the fucking like everyone was part of the team that. and mm -hmm. uh, i was like oh, i want to work there i want to work with all my friends so i did got a job at the oyster bar when it was still a thing and yep. I, I worked there for seven months and it was like I just remember that was when I was like, just my mental health was like at its worst. Yeah. And I honestly like felt like, I mean, there are a lot of factors that went in it, but one, I think one factor that I think going into like how shitty I felt at the time was just that like, I hated my job mm -hmm. and uh, I felt like no one gave a fucking shit about me there. Like I felt right. like I was just, pointless there like the managers just run around and just yell at people and bark at you and don't even know your name mm -hmm. and uh, to me that's just that's not a place it's not an ideal place to work when you already have like low self-esteem yeah and, uh, um and just the like we got we we're just treated horribly like no benefits just super fucking corporate yeah they, they like you know, I, I felt like they, I feel like they just, they take advantage. They took advantage of us. And mm -hmm. yeah. by the way, we're talking about the one, uh, the Metro Market in Sherwood. We're talking yeah. about that one. So fuck that place. I don't give a fuck. That fuck was, that Metro Market. Yeah, it's crazy. Cause like I ended up like being pretty close with like a few of the managers. Like I, I became like friends with I met a lot of my like good friends to this day at that job, which is like why I'm like very grateful for that, <laughs> for my friends that I have gained. But like, yeah, I was friends with the manager. So like everything that happened was like completely blindsiding when it did happen um, to me at least. So I was definitely just like, just hurt, embarrassed. You know, it was just like, I, I had also just kind of like, I was like a couple weeks back from like, I just had a tonsillectomy. So I just had this awful surgery. And I remember being told that like one of my breaking points was like, cause I loved the position that I had. Like I loved working and making coffee. Like that was so fun. Um, but it was just like, I knew that that wasn't where I wanted to be. But I also knew that I kind of had that personality where I didn't ever want to like step on anybody's toes so leaving that position, I didn't know how I would ever do it. Like, I really didn't know how I would ever like get the courage to just not, to, to just put my two weeks in and not work there. So it's just like, when I was told, like I couldn't drink water <laughs> and I had just had throat surgery. I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, you're, what are you gonna they do? They really told you that? Yeah, I like got a warning that like, I could be getting yelled at because I have a, a Starbucks cup of water. It's like, well, I, I can bring in the doctor's note that I need to drink water because there are stitches in my throat. I don't know what you want from me, but then all of that happened. And it was just kind of like, 
the biggest blessing in disguise ever because I don't think I ever would have like really gotten the courage to leave. And had I not been exited out the way I was, <laughs> but it was just like, yeah, I found a different job within a week. I found a great nannying job that I loved. And then um, a couple weeks later I got stubbies and until the pandemic I had been there ever since. And I loved that job. It was just like so much better for me than metro market was and it is just like so disappointing because it's like for a while when you would go there it's like you would see some that you knew in every department you were kind of cool it was fun and then everybody just was like realizing like this isn't it the managers aren't there like no nobody i don't recognize anybody yeah. everyone just started dropping like flies mm -hmm. um i remember but like i think by the time like what happened to me happened like I had a couple friends that still worked there, but like mm -hmm. most, like, I feel like most of the people that like, I really like a That's lot of people true. that, yeah. yeah, like that I was really friends with had all been gone by then. Um, but yeah, like, um, looking like blessing in disguise wise though, like it is kind of funny. Like <laughs> it, it is still funny. It's still a funny story. I still tell people, but, um, yeah, like, I mean, I, I ended up, like, getting the job at Starbucks after that, and I was there for a, a year and a half, and I think that was a positive experience for the most part, so, like, um, yeah, uh, but here I am not working yeah. in, my, in my in my place, and yep. filling the fucking time, so. Right, yeah, here I am <laughs> in mom's basement now with a nice bottle of wine, <laughs> like. Exactly, so. Perry, that. Yeah. So Perry, um, so a huge thing that um, we've bonded over, it yeah. has been our mental health. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we first really started talking about it, like from like, cause both of us have been open about it, about our own struggles, like mm -hmm. on social media and whatnot. And, um, and like, I think that, you know, I, for, for a long time, I was just like, anyone who is open about mental health on social media, like, I had mad respect for, I want to be your friend. Right. So yeah. we became friends like that. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I remember, like, um, you know, we talked about things like our diagnoses, our medication, you know, like therapy and stuff. And, um, and it's kind of like, it's kind of cool that like these conversations are happening four years ago and we made it this far. So, yeah. good, you know, good yeah. for us for like yeah, seriously. pulling Cheers. through and shit. So yeah. I, wanted to, I definitely wanted to say that first of all, but, but I guess I wanted to, you know, give it, give the floor to you. And if you would like to share your story about, you know, your experience with like mental health and how it helped shape you shape the person you are today yeah absolutely um i think like i for as long as i can remember now like in the mindset that i'm in now with the knowledge that i have looking into like things that have happened when i was like a kid it's just like I definitely have had anxiety my entire life and like was undiagnosed until college with anxiety. But my first, like I luckily, like 
my mom is huge mental health advocate and like that's great um because i started therapy when i don't even know i was a little tot little tot in therapy and i remember being so like embarrassed for so long um that i would have to go and talk about my feelings and go to a therapist and now as an adult i'm like so grateful but yeah i i first really had to start um i mean I guess the first mental health, I don't want to say the mental, the first diagnosis I got <laughs> was um, when I was eight years old, I was diagnosed with ADD. And um, I remember just being like, so confused as to why, like, I was told that something was, I remember taking it as like, there's something wrong with me. Um, then and there, it was like, there's something wrong with me. I don't learn the way that other kids learn. I thought like, I knew I was smart, but like, I felt very dumb um, and was immediately put on Ritalin right when I was eight years old. And I stayed on Ritalin until a couple of years ago, but I, that was the first diagnosis. I remember hating taking my medication um, for about as long as I can remember because it just turned me into a version of myself that I didn't really recognize. I would, my friends would almost say I would turn into like a zombie. Um, so, but for so long, I was just like, well, that's just how it works. Like, that's just how it's going to be. Um, and for the longest time, that was pretty much the only like hurdle I had to really um, battle was just like trying to figure out how to make it through school, to make it through paying attention in like anything. When people would talk to me, I would be looking all over the place. It was just like, that was it. And then um, middle school, I, my grandmother passed away and I was basically raised by my mom and my grandma. So my grandma and I are, were very close, very, very close. And when she passed away, I just could not cope with it. And that is when the depression really started to form. Um, so I, I became depressed and it was, I don't even, I would say around eighth because my grandmother passed away when I was in seventh grade around eighth grade freshman year um that's when I started self-harming um here and there and it was just like feeling very low and that was when I I was still in therapy and but it was it was one of those things where I almost feel ashamed that I was feeling so low that I wasn't honest with my therapist about what I was really feeling and what was really going on. So I didn't really benefit the way that I could have, um, which now I'm just like, looking back at it, it's just like, I wish I could just shake myself on my shoulders and just be honest and ask for help when I would have needed it. Um, because I think things would have been better earlier on. But I mean, I was a kid. I, I was an angsty emo teen, like listening to Screamo, literally. Um, so I was like, this is how I'm supposed to feel. Like, I don't know, like, this is what's supposed to be going on. Yeah, right. Um, and then I kind of just kind of coasted through high school. Didn't really do that great, but still made it to college. Um, and then freshman year of college is when I started getting very anxious. And I never felt anxiety like that before. My boyfriend at the time, he had dealt with anxiety um, in high school. And I remember like walking with him in the hallway and his body just trembling and like tears in his eyes. And he's, he was, you know, big football guy, like just very out of character. Um, and I just remember not really experiencing that or not realizing that 
those moments that I had experienced when I was a little girl, like hyperventilating was anxiety. Um, but yeah, in college, I was diagnosed then with anxiety and I was starting to get very bad stress induced migraines. And like, then I started missing classes and missing classes turned into failing classes. And it was just kind of that never ending cycle for a couple of years where I just couldn't quite get a grip um, on school. I couldn't um, get a grip on myself. I really, and then at this point I had, I wasn't in therapy anymore. I hadn't been in therapy um, since about my sophomore year of high school. So I was just kind of starting to realize that like I was pushing through, but barely. Um, I was kind of just like treading water, but every once in a while my head would dip down. And um, uh, then a few bad experiences had happened. Um, like I, 2016 was probably, 2016 and 2017 are probably like the worst years of my life, I'd say, cause um, like my relationship with my high school sweetheart had ended and I, that was, that ended up, that was fine. Like that was fine for me. Um, but then I started kind of getting involved with other people that really brought my self-esteem down. It's terrible. They done, did terrible things to me. And those thoughts um, and those memories, just, I could not shake them. Um, along with everything else that was going on with school, I just wasn't doing well. I was doing, I was trying to pursue a major that just wasn't right for me. And I just felt like I needed to stick with it kind of a thing. And um, before I knew it, my anxiety was completely out of control. Um, my my um, depression was starting to build. And bef before that, like a couple, like a year or two before that um, was when my best friend's mom um, passed away due to suicide. And that was just like, I remember thinking about that and seeing how that really rattled like her family rattled all of us shook us all to our core um and just feeling so sad for them and thinking like i don't want to ever get to that low point because like seeing what it does to the people around you it's just like so horrible and then next thing i know i'm at that low point again and it was um december of 2017 when i made plans fully made plans um, to kill myself. And luckily I met um, my boyfriend now <laughs> and like he somehow, I don't know how to this day, cause I had hit everything very well. My roommates had no idea that I was feeling so down. They didn't know that I wasn't going to school, um, that I just was just isolated in my room um, for weeks really. And he saw something in me that was just broken and got me to talk about it and got me to then talk to my mom about it. And then I got into therapy again and took a semester off of school and really started working on myself and um, working on finding a way to better, you know, everything I was going through. I got put back on um, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and it was helping. And for a while I was like, wow, I did it. I, I made, you know, I made the biggest hurdle. I made the biggest leap. I, I was not feeling low and depressed anymore. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm great. Um, which was like the thing with mental health is that you think you're like going up, but it's just, it, you just have to know it's going to fluctuate here and there. Like that's just how it's going to be. And 
when it's like one thing, like next thing I know I'm in therapy and I'm uncovering all of these other like suppressed issues that I didn't even think about. Um, I have struggled throughout high school and up and honestly, I think this is going to be something that I'm going to struggle with forever is disordered eating. And with the medication that I was on, um, cause I was still on that Ritalin, just the doses were just getting higher and higher. Cause I was telling my psychiatrist it wasn't working. Um, a higher dose was helping me sit down and get things done, but I also would take it and I wouldn't eat for days. And then like the days would turn into weeks. And next thing I know, I have lost 30 pounds because I'm not eating. Um, because my medication, which is helping me with school, but hurting me physically and mentally. And then, you know, that's a whole other thing that um, so many people deal with, especially like I grew up doing dance. I grew up um, being on stage and it's just like surrounded by so many very thin girls and then then there is me who I've always been thin, but I've been thin and curvy. So it's just like that in my mind is like, I don't fit the mold that I should. And that's something that I've been, you know, is always in the back of my mind. Um, and then luckily when I, I was talking to my therapist about it, she was talking about how so much of that is tied into the medication that I was on and that it's okay to switch. Like you don't need to just be stuck in a rut if you're not, if it's not working for you, there's something else that does. And then I got switched to Adderall and it worked like a breeze. Like I was able to still get my, my schoolwork done, but I still had an appetite and I wasn't, you know, like a raging bitch. Like the, the riddle and was making me just like a monster sometimes. And it's just like truly crazy how, um, there are just so many facets to mental health and so many different, um, you know, pieces to the puzzle. And whereas one piece could fix one, one part, it might not fit the other side and it, it could cause something else. And it's just like, as long as you find someone that you trust, a good therapist that you trust, um, to really open up to and explain everything you're feeling, then like, that's really the only way I personally have found success is by just being as open, as honest as I can. And, um, the more I've noticed, I talk about it on social media the more people are, are reaching out to me, like with their issues. And it's just like one of those things where the stigma surrounding um, depression, anxiety, any mental illness, it's so high that people feel like they're failing and that they can't talk about it. And that's the only way to really fix the issue is to start talking about it. And that's why like once I started making that turn um, and talking about it openly, even while I was still going through it, I realized that it's just the only healthy way for not only myself, but for other people to, to realize that like, oh, this girl who looks so happy is like also struggling. And like, it's, it's a great way to, to find like true friendships because you know, you really don't know what someone else is going through until you post about it, until you reach out and someone else reaches out back to you. And I think my main thing with um, mental health is just like, you, you just have to talk about it. Everyone has to talk about it. Um, it's an invisible illness for sure. And it gets just discredited all of the time. Um, which is just unfortunate, but the only way to really change that is by talking about it. So as uncomfortable as it can be, sometimes it's just like, you just kind of have to rip off the bandaid if, um, we want that part of society to change. And I definitely do. And there's just so many resources that um, you get opened up with, with networking and talking and all of that. And now it's um, 
however many years later, like I, I managed to get through college. Like I got my degree. I, um, like was able to work down to, to not having to go to therapy, like multiple times a week to once a week to bi-weekly to bi-monthly. And now it's just like, whenever I need to talk to my therapist, I go and talk to her. Or even if I feel like I don't need to, I can make an appointment. And it's just like the consistency of working on yourself when you're going through something, it's really hard to make that first step. But that first step is just so important. And um, once it started, it's just like, once you get into a routine of really bettering yourself and treating yourself with the respect and the, the self-worth that everybody deserves. Everybody deserves to feel good. Everybody deserves to feel good about themselves. And there are things that you can't change. Like biologically in my brain, there's mental illnesses that are going to be there. And that's just learning to live with that person, that person that I am versus trying to hide everything and shut it in a door. And then it grows into a ginormous problem. It's just the only way to really get better is by really looking at yourself, realizing when you need help and asking for it. And it's hard and it's not fun, but it's definitely the best choice ever. Like I am so glad that I asked for help when I did because I just don't think I would be here if I hadn't. And I'm just very glad to be here. <laughs> so I definitely think that mental health is something that just needs to be talked about and it needs to be destigmatized and, um, especially just um noticing so many issues like i don't want to say issues but so many issues with mental health in like the black community that i've noticed um as well it's just it's so ridiculous to see people not allowing these resources um to certain to certain demographics of people or to being called soft if you're if you're not you know um, strong according to certain people because you're going through something and it's every we're human beings everybody's a human being everybody's going through something and I think um, normalizing talking about it is very important I think finding resources and making those resources readily known and available is so important and there are so many um different ways to do that and it's just even in school like i i remember having those um like the counselor availability at uwm in like the north norris health center like that's there and it's just i feel like it's not promoted enough and it's helped so many people that i know like work through their their mental health um struggles and the trauma that they're feeling and it's just like there's so many readily available and easily accessible um, mental health, you know, centers and just like resources. And they're, the only way to know about them is by talking about it on social media. So that's just, I'm never going to stay quiet about that because I feel like I got a second chance um, at life and it was just by chance that it happened to me. So I'm just not going to ever keep my mouth quiet about it. Pretty much. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Um, I finished my drink, otherwise I'd take a drink to that. But yes, you're <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much, Perry, for sharing everything, um, for walking us through your journey and yeah. like, like, totally, hundred percent. You are the a, a voice, a beacon of hope. 
for many that are going through similar things and um, being outspoken about it is the ultimate antidote to somebody else that feels they're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you, uh, yeah, like I'm, I mean, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you and like, I'm happy. I'm very happy that like you, you know, have like not only confided in those around you that love you, but also in those that you may not even know that well, but still being a voice for them and for putting your, putting, being vulnerable um, to, to complete strangers. Yeah. And that's something that, like, once you become a mental health advocate, you learn how to do that. Um, like, I know I definitely have, too. Um, and there's a couple things that I definitely took away from your story. And, like, one of them is that, like, when you were mentioning, like, um, plan, like, when you make plans, to, like, to, to, like, and your life like I wouldn't say that like I I wouldn't say that like I've done that although as someone that has dealt with severe mental health issues too and uh, like like I've visited darkness many times I would say that I don't know if you do this too but like you count your days Yes. Like, I always think about, like, it's like, uh, I'm trying to put it, use the right words to describe this, but, like, when, for example, when, like, you see, like, a date in the future, mm-hmm. and you think, like, well, that'll be nice, or that sounds fun, or that'll be cool to see if I'm still there by then. Yeah. Or if... Like, my life's not ruined by then. Or, you know, like, you kind of, like, you become very incremental in with, like, your days and your weeks and mm-hmm. with, like, the present moment. And you're like, well, things are going really well right now, today, but what if a week from now everything has gone to shit and I'm a complete fucking mess and I can't do anything and I can't function and I have to like go back to the hospital. And Like I deal with that a lot to this day, like where I constantly am counting my days of like, you know, what if I, what if tomorrow I break? What if a week from now breaks? Oh, your band is dropping this record on August 7th. That's cool. Well, I hope I'm still around by then. Like, and that sounds morbid to say out loud, but like, those are actual thoughts that go on in my head. And it's not like, I mean, like, and, and like, I feel like, you know, my mind, like, my mind will like definitely knows that like, it's just me like playing on my fears and on my weaknesses. And I know like, I'm like, chances are I'm gonna be okay and I'm gonna live to see these days I'm gonna live to see things being better like I feel like a lot of times I know that it's gonna be better but it's still sort of like that it's the what-ifs that always get you yeah definitely I definitely 
can um, relate to that for sure. Cause I remember being like, when I, cause I, when I say like I had everything planned out, it was because it was, I knew in my heart, I was failing pretty much everything that semester. Um, this had been multiple semesters of just like not making it through college. And like, I mean, I don't, I, I, I come from a single parent household. Um, I don't have, like, we're not rolling in money. I just was like, wow, I'm just wasting my mom's money. Like, I'm not going to make it through college. I just can't do it. So I like my timing was right before finals week. So then it's just like everything after that was just like, I can't even think about it. Like, there's not going to be, no, like, what are holidays? I'm not going to celebrate yeah. the holidays. And like, now it is, yeah, it's just like, it goes on that path of when I, I start to feel low or I'm feeling a little bit lower, there's a decline. It's one of those where it's like, is this going to bring me back to where I was? Is this going to be one of those like, mm, how long am I going to be? How long is this going to, is this, am I going to feel this way until I just don't want to feel anything anymore? And it's just, I think my big thing that I definitely took away from everything and with a lot of therapy and healing was at that point in my life, I was not scared of dying at all. Not at all. Like I was not, I didn't have a fear for death. I just didn't. Um, if anything, it seemed like a relief, like a nice, it was doing me a favor. And now it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm on the freeway and a car is a little too close to me and I could swerve, I feel like a sense of fear. I'm like, I don't want to leave um, the way I wanted to before, but I definitely do have those, those things where I think into my future. I think mine is more so, because I feel like I've gotten to the point where nothing is going to, and I don't want to say it and jinx myself when I'm not going to, but nothing's going to rattle me to the point where I'm really brought back down but it's just like thinking into the future where I'm still kind of like yeah like I'd love to like have a family and kids but like am I going to be there to have a family like it's one of those things yeah. where it's like, like I think about yeah further future I'm like is that even gonna happen like for yeah. real like I don't know like I really yeah. don't <laughs> exactly like I to me it's like anything September I'm mm -hmm. like oh wow that's so fun I don't know what the fuck kind of headspace I'm going to be in? Because it diff it's yeah. different every day. So, Honestly, um, grab that. yeah, yeah. Another thing that I wanted to touch on, yes. um, we were talking about the destigmatization. Um, I think that like, it's a very broad and all encompassing thing to destigmatize mental illness. And like, I think that the easy ones to understand for a lot of people, or at least the ones that are most easily understandable, are the anxiety and the depression. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm absolutely not like taking away from how much goes into understanding and destigmatizing those things because there's still things about myself that I feel like I haven't fully unpacked when it comes to anxiety and depression. Yeah. And, absolutely. You know, so it's like, it's still a very internal thing for a lot of people and also something for people to like realize like it's you know it's something that a lot of people even if you can see it in them they might not even be able to see it in themselves right but, but what it also means is we need to destigmatize the much more severe parts of mental illness too that don't get talked about enough like i'm talking like delusions i'm talking about 
paranoid schizophrenia. I'm talking about yes. hallucinations. I'm talking the obsession compulsions and yeah. uh, personality disorders mm -hmm. and uh, and even like dissociative identities. Yeah. Like, you don't, people don't talk enough about like how like these very prevalent, more prevalent than people realize they are, these, mm -hmm. these, you know, mental, these disorders that just, that literally like they disorder somebody's reality. So like yeah. they can't process their surroundings and their environment and their perceptions in the same way that not everyone can. And uh, they're compromised in a lot of ways and like they but it's they can't help it and like they're only gonna be able to help it if like you know they're treated for it and mm -hmm. if they have a support system and some people's mental illnesses are so bad they're not capable of doing that for themselves yeah. like, there's some people and i'm one of them like i have the privilege of being able to like ask for help when they need it absolutely get to point yeah get to book an appointment next week with my therapist, be able to take my medication every day mm -hmm. because my insurance covers it. That's all a privilege. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that don't have even insurance or, yeah, you know, like I'm lucky I have a support system that is able to like, that I'm able to like come to if I'm not yeah. feeling so hot, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. Um, there mental illness it's the thing that people don't realize when it comes to mental illness um mainstream wise is that there are so many different mental illnesses just as there are physical ones and they they're they're probably more that just you just don't even really realize and yeah it's just it's definitely hard for people to grasp because it's i almost feel like when there are um so many you know so mental illnesses that are not as easily recognizable, um, not as easily controlled and, you know, sit more severe um, when it comes to just like, you can, you can tell when someone's really struggling. Um, people avoid, avoid at all costs, those kinds yeah. of issues. And it's just ridiculous. It dehumanizes the person completely. And it's just ridiculous. I, I can't stop saying that enough because it's just, you don't understand like mental yeah. illness is not just the mainstream absolutely yeah. it, it's so much more than that and those people deserve the same if not more respect than everybody else because they're out here living as best as they can and they don't have the ability to ask for help they they rely on other people to see that they need the help and hopefully they get it and it's just like how many people are even able to be to be helped. Um, how many people are out there living without health insurance, without a home, without a job, without anything, just there hoping, maybe hoping that someone will come and find them and help them. And if that, it's just like you, there's so many, the way to destigmatize mental illness, I, I hope that there's a possibility for it, but I don't even have faith in humanity at this point that it would get to that point where people would, you know, be okay with that. And it's just, it's really sad because when you look at someone who has been diagnosed with um, something terrible, cancer or something like that, it's just an outpouring of love and support. 
But if someone comes out and mentions that someone that they know or that themselves, they're struggling with um, schizophrenia, something like that, it's just like a different kind of reaction. And it's, there's no need for that. There's no, that's, right. that's the problem right there. Cause they're struggling in the same, not the same way, but like severity wise, it could be life or death with them as well. And yeah. people don't really realize that they don't, they don't look at them the same way as they look at someone who ends up with an unfortunate physical illness um, that they've, they just so happen to have um, because it's, people look at them as like, Ooh, I don't want to get that. And it's just like, you can't get that. You gotta, you have to be there yeah. to help somebody. You have to be there offering support to their family, to them doing whatever you can, um, you know, fundraising for, for anything, any type of business that would help with that. And yeah, just, just, you gotta, yeah. you don't like there, it's just, people have lost that part of humanity so many people have and that's just sad because everybody deserves to have you know the best version of their life that they can have everybody you only get one life you really do so it's like you can't choose um what trials and tribulations you go on and what what mental illnesses you may have or what physical illnesses you may have or any type anything like that it's just everybody at the end of the day is a human and everybody deserves to live their life in, in a healthy and happy way. And it's just sad that um, so many people kind of look at um, the more intense, um, physically noticeable, mentally noticeable like illnesses as just like they, they peel back. It makes them more uncomfortable. And that's that right there if you're feeling uncomfortable, you got to look in the mirror and check yourself. Like, why right. am I uncomfortable? Right. This isn't exactly. about me at all. Like this is about them and you have to treat them the same amount of respect that you would want to be treated with, that you would want your family to be treated with your children, your whatever. Um, because at the end of the day, everybody's a human. You can't, you just can't pick and choose when you want to, um, recognize an illness. And that's what the problem is, is that people pick and choose every single day. Yeah, or they pick and choose who they're going to support, mm -hmm. who has that illness. Like, even if it's somebody you're not particularly fond of, mm -hmm. like, if they're suffering from mental illness, like, it doesn't mean that, like, you can, like, you know, it doesn't mean that, like, you shouldn't still take that into account when you evaluate them or right. before you judge them and stuff. And, like, yeah, and... Uh, um, and like, I, so, you know, I've been diagnosed with several things like, mm -hmm. um, you know, anxiety, depression, OCD, borderline personality, <laughs> like right. I've been diagnosed with a lot of things, but this year, like I actually found that I also on top of it, um, and this is more of something like I kind of like talked about with my therapist, like not officially diagnosed technically, but like the shoe does fit in a lot of ways. Like when I was evaluating the symptoms, but I, I very likely suffer from ADHD. Mm -hmm. And that I think has made a lot of my, it's made a lot of things make sense because yes, absolutely. I can't fucking focus for shit. <laughs> like, yeah. I, yeah. And, 
like that needs to be more regularly diagnosed in adults because so many like yeah i was diagnosed when i was eight years old but some were so many other kids that were probably just hyper you know like they're just kids that were just being loud being kids but like uh, i used to play problem yeah it's like as a child it's just or in children it's thrown out that diagnosis is thrown out like just over everybody and yeah, like it's they're in adults too like adults need that same diagnosis so that they can um find a way to understand themselves better and find the right jobs and career paths that will work for them and just knowing that they can do certain things that before seemed impossible because it is very hard to do certain things like I, I can tell when I when I when I'm off my Adderall and when I need to get things done and it's just the amount of time that it takes to finish a task versus like on and off medication it's just insane like how how big of a difference it can make and I yeah I definitely think that adults need that diagnosis more more yeah. so than children yeah like and if I would have had the diagnosis as a kid, maybe my life would have looked a lot differently. Mm -hmm. And like, um, even looking at it, like, as it, like, I took like one of those like screenings online and like, yeah. you know, like I used to play more aggressively than a lot of people when I was little. Mm -hmm. I, you know, would act out when I felt like I wasn't, you know, when I wasn't getting the attention like mm -hmm. I needed for that immediate validation, I a big one for me that I still deal with all the time is like when I'm talking about something, I um, especially if it's something I'm passionate about, like my voice gets progressively louder and louder and louder, oh, and I yeah. don't realize it, um, and like I don't realize how loud I'm being, mm -hmm. um, or when I'll unintentionally interrupt people constantly because like I get a new thought in my head that I feel yeah. like I need to share and if I I'll get so many things going on in my head at once that like if I feel like I left something out or like if I didn't get a chance to share that thought I get stressed out and I get anxious definitely and um and I've and the and not to mention the physical parts of it too. Like my mom always puts her hand on my knee when she's sitting by me because I'm always shaking, okay. but like, mm -hmm. and my girlfriend does it too. And like, <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm, and, and like, I'm glad that they, I mean, it's, it's okay that they do it because it's like, it, it kind of like helps ground me to like stop doing it. But, you know, I cannot, I, I think that it contributes a lot to like the sensitivity of my anxiety of my emotions and and a lot of the different mental issues sort of like feed into each other but but that's that's kind of like a new discovery that i've had to cope with this year is like oh shit i have adhd and like maybe this is why like i'm just so like a lot of times i'm just so restless um and have so many things that like I have to do that I forget to do all of them <laughs> you know like yeah so absolutely like, yeah absolutely. yeah that makes sense and talking about new diagnoses I for the longest time I could when I was in therapy um uh just to like be pretty out with it like I have unfortunately been one of the many many victims and I like to say survivors of um 
you know, sexual abuse and rape. Um, and through talking with my therapist, she diagnosed me with um, PTSD. And I was just like, that makes sense. Like when I, if I were to, ha to run into somebody that had abused me and it just, even just seeing, cause I remember seeing someone, um, that was one, one of the most traumatic, you know, um, moments of my life. And just seeing that person just walking past a window. And I was just remember being shaken to my core and like, not like I was checking out at Walgreens. I didn't even, I didn't even know where I was for like a little bit. And it was just one of those where it's just like, wow, I never even thought, um, that this is another thing that is just kind of be kind of that I'm working with now. Like this is, this is part of who I am and this is another mental illness. And it's just like so many, like it's, it's crazy how being diagnosed and being told by you know a professional like this is you're exhibiting signs of this it just it instantly kind of makes it a little bit better it, it it adds clarity it adds um understanding to the feelings that you're going through and it's just definitely definitely helpful um which is why i always 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 recommend therapy to everybody because um you don't know what you're struggling with and having an outside perspective especially someone who um, you know, is professionally trained and has um, their schooling and understands so much more about um, mental illness and disorders and everything that goes on. It, it just really does help you find more of a sense of self when you're like, wow, there are so many other things about myself that, because everyone thinks they know themselves, but hearing someone else just kind of help you put those pieces into place. It's just like, so clarifying and it's so nice to to kind of hear and to to have a name to put with the feelings that you're feeling and that's that's one thing that i'm that's why i just love therapy i love it so much because it's just like it really helps someone figure out who they are um because for the long i don't know who i was then but i feel like i know who i am now yeah <laughs> i thought i knew myself when i got out of the hospital three years ago mm -hmm. but I had so much I still had to figure out, and I still have a lot to figure out. But for one, thank you for sharing that, uh, Perry. I that is really tragic and terrifying, and I'm sorry that like you know you have to experience right. those feelings, you know. And mm -hmm. um, but you know, you you definitely aren't alone there. Yeah, that's the sad thing, but that's the, that's the other thing. It's just like, that's why you got to talk about it because I feel like every, the more I talk about it, the more people are telling me their stories as well. And it's just, it's one of those like Spider-Man memes where you're kind of just pointing each other like, wait, yeah. that's you too? Like really? Like that's, it's everywhere. And it's just so sad that it's everywhere, but it's just like, it's very bonding. Um, and it's just one of those things where I'd rather talk about everything that's happened to me um, because then people will come to me and talk about what's happening to them and they might not feel comfortable doing that to someone else. And that's why I'm always like, I don't know if, I don't care if you're a stranger. I don't care if I'm never going to meet you ever in person. If you're going through something and you see that I'm posting about it on any of my social medias and you want to talk about it, like I'm always here. I'm always here as an open book because people need to be like that because you really don't know who you're going to help until you put it out there. Yeah. 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 I I'm really glad that you're here to share your story.
and I appreciate you being on here with me to talk about it. Of course. Um, you know, you are, I've always admired you very much. And I feel, oh. I, I admire you more and more every single day, Carrie. Oh, um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, even though it's, it's always, for, it's always so long between the times we talk, but you know, yeah, it's always great. Yeah. Um, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I always but, chats. <laughs> but it is a pandemic, so uh, yeah, can't exactly always. I know. I'm like, oh, let's hang out. Wait, can't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, it is getting a little late, so uh, I think uh, we're gonna close up shop here. But um, Perry, thank you again for being here. As we, as I close out, um, I always ask my guests the same two questions. First, what keeps you up at night? Hmm. What keeps me up at night? Um, probably the coffee that I drank in the morning. <laughs> it keeps you up at night. It keeps, it wires you for 12 hours. It wires hours. me. Okay. So the thing is, um, I fell into the TikTok trend of, uh, whipped coffee and it oh, yeah. does keep me up at night, but also, mm, let's see, let's think of a good one here. What does keep me up at night? Um, thinking about what I'm going to do tomorrow. I've, feel like I found myself really planning um like what am I gonna do what's gonna happen tomorrow the next day like what do I want to buy what do I want to do and then I'm asleep but yeah it's just a never-ending just something's going on up here always <laughs> what's been putting me to sleep lately has been um counting things like that's always like a meditative exercise for me like I find something like that I have to count and mm -hmm. Eventually, like I never finished counting, and I just exactly. Asleep. I've done the, I've done the counting. Yes, yeah, the like counting it. works. <laughs> it does work. It really does. I remember doing that when I would be trying to make myself fall asleep before an exam the next day. I'm like, okay, now you really got to go to sleep. You've got two hours before you have to be back up. Like, just start counting, and that's what I would do too. <laughs> yeah. What uh, puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um. Let's see. I, I've really fallen into white noise. I love like the sound of um, crashing waves because it's like, I really want to move to California within the next couple of years. And the sound of just like ocean waves, that's what puts me to sleep. I always put it on my TV or my Spotify. I do um, white noise, um, waves, crashing waves always. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Perry, for being on the show. Of course, thank um, you for having me. <laughs> um, thank you for sharing everything and being the hero you are in face <laughs> of mental health adversity and uh, to those watching um, yeah uh, you're looking at two people that have you know been to darkness and back we've made it back yeah <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's been four years and we're still here uh, since we've met since we've talked about it and uh, you know, four years from now, we'll hopefully still be, we will be here. We will be here. We'll be we here fucking, better. We're going to fucking be here. <laughs> yeah. We're going nowhere. <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next time.